are you ready to organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book? It's time to write your book. Welcome to the Write Hour, nonfiction tips from the Write Coach. And I'm Joyce Glass, your host. I am so glad you joined me today. Hello, my creatives, it's Joyce Glass, and welcome to episode 102. I wanted to give you a brief explanation of how I'm numbering my episodes. I'm doing seasons, and there'll be six to seven episodes, maybe eight per season. And so the season number is the first number one, and then the two, the zero two, is the episode number. So that way you can keep up where you're at when you're listening to the episodes. So thank you for being here today. My first interview today is with Mark Stoner. He started off as a chimney sweep and has become a business leader, a speaker, an author. He started off with his fair share of failures, but now he is known for his success. He turned his one-man chimney sweep business into one of the largest and most respected multi-million dollar chimney service businesses in the nation. He's also the president of Chimney Safety Institute of America. It's a nonprofit organization responsible for educating chimney professionals and homeowners about fireplace and chimney safety. He's the founder of Servent Chimney and Venting Franchise, as well as a professional speaker and the author of Blue Collar Gold, How to Build a Service Business from the Dirt Up. So today, we're gonna to be talking about how you can create expert status in your industry just as Mark has done in his. Who knew a chimney sweep could become an expert? Well, let's dive in with Mark, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, Mark, I am so glad to be here talking with you today, and I want you to give our listeners a little more information about you and your business story. I've told them a little bit about you, but let's fill in the blanks for them. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm... uh, I'm in the chimney business, believe it or not, of all things, I'm, I'm a chimney sweep. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I basically started this business when I was 18. I was at working in a factory, I was going to college part-time, and then I also happened to read an article that said, sweep chimneys make $55 an hour. And I had a little bit of experience uh, with a chimney fire before because our house caught on fire when I was a kid. And I knew kind of how important possibly chimney maintenance was. It caught on fire on Christmas Eve, believe it or not. We were putting all of our, uh, you know, Christmas wrappings and stuff. And next thing I know, we had a chimney fire and our roof's on fire. Mm. So I got in the business very young. Um, I kind of made all the standard mistakes that a lot of business owners make. and I was a one-man operation for a very long time. And I then in 2003, I had a very bad accident. I fell off of a roof when I was working around. So I fell 30 feet. I got seriously injured. I tried to sell my business. And this is where, why I wrote a book because I, I tried to sell my business. And at the time, I had no idea that a one-man operation was almost unsellable for very much money. Nobody wanted to buy my job, basically. I hadn't the big aha was I had not created a business. I thought I had a business, but I didn't. I had a job that I created for myself. <laughs> when I tried to sell that job, nobody wanted to buy my job. And so 
I changed courses when I realized how much, how big of a mistake I had made because I kept thinking I was building this big asset that was going to be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and it wasn't. And uh, so then I changed the business and tr made it into a true business that would work with or without me. Okay. So a couple of years ago, I, um, I was in a, a, a course and uh, it said, you know, if you want to be a professional speaker, you also, and be an expert in a field, you recognize that you need to probably write a book as well. So that kind of brought me to this. And then since we wrote the book, a lot of really neat things have happened. Wonderful. So what actually, was that the catalyst for you to write the book then? Or what made you decide to write the book? So I was the president of a nonprofit organization called the Chimney Safety Institute of America. I was also in some local chamber groups and business networking groups. And I was having to speak more and more. And if I'm going to speak more and more, I want to get better at speaking. So I attended a course um, that was put on in, um, I, can't, I can't remember the first place it was, but I went to a I think it was in Phoenix mm -hmm. and in, um, I believe, um, in uh, Atlanta as well. And the, the, the premise of the course was, yes, if you want to be a professional speaker, great. But part of that, too, uh, to be uh, an expert, you should write a book. And it gives you credibility when you go to speak to someone. Again, if you are a credible person and you are an expert, uh, it adds to that level. And a book is more like, you know, the way they put it was it was more like the new business card. And if you've right. written a book on it, you can have at least another level of, you know, kind of being taken more seriously uh, when you, and then next thing you know, in your field, you're the person who wrote the book, especially if it's good and people refer back to it a lot. It gives you a status that I think very few things can do. And um, so that's, I'm not a writer. I'm a chimney guy. So <laughs> I hope this gives hope to anyone listening. I do not like to write. I'm not good at writing. Yet I wrote a book that became a bestseller on Amazon in my division and, um, you know, sold a lot of copies and became, uh, became part of kind of who I am now, that book. Yeah. And I love your title. Um, it's blue collar gold and what is it? Dick how to build a business, how to build a service business from the dirt up. How to, yes, love it. Love the title, the subtitle, all of it. It's wonderful because it's a good twist on, on words, but yeah, it grabs you. I mean, I'm not blue collar and I want to pick it up and read it just because <laughs> I love the title. Well, yeah, that that's the kind of, um, thing that you want with people and you get to work with it and then did now did you work with someone to help you write the book so it kind of boiled down to this i was in a course about how to write books and the first main step anybody that wants to write a book that i learned again uh was that you need to have a point of view a point of view that is very you know very much yours and maybe somewhat controversial but it's very much yours and you can defend it all the way through and it, you know what gives you the right to write to write it you know why should they listen and also what's your point of view that people the world needs to know about this now right. so in mine i'm blue collar and one of my points of view was that basically we've been sold you know a, a, a line that you have to go to college you know, you have to have a degree to have a great life in the, in this in America. You know, 
And we're taught from the time we were little kids that you must go to college, you must get a degree, and then that's the stairway to happiness in America. And I want to challenge that. I want to say that's absolutely not true. It's, uh, I'm not against education by any means. Um, you know, Mike Rowe was, is kind of in this category from Dirty Jobs, and he kind of is the, you know, is one of the spokespeople in this world. But I'm also a current business owner, and I have the right to tell people that, um, you know, I was featured on a television show on CNBC called Blue Collar Millionaires. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, last year. And it, it basically was a neat premise that it goes around showing people that are successful doing something you would probably not think you could be successful at. In my case, it means it could be digging ditches, it could be mowing grass, could be, you know, anything. And there was a group of us that were on this show and they, they featured us. And so my challenge was, hey, we've got, we need to change the message to our kids. Yeah, college is a great thing if it fits you and it's, a, it's the right thing. Great, but if you don't, don't think that's like a consolation prize that you now can't be successful in life because you can. You, and there's tons of studies showing that now, you know, a college degree even means less than it used to. And it's going to cost you five times more than it used to. And so, hey, you know, if it's not for you or not for your kids, don't don't make them seem like second class citizens if they're not doing that. Let's figure out what they are good at and let's focus on that. That's great. And I, I love that you make that point because we were discussing this a little bit before we started recording is not everybody's geared for a four year degree. It's not. I mean, you know, I used one of my relatives as an example that. He, that's not his best strong suit. I mean, he went and it helped him. But as we all know now with the economy, there's a lot of kids with four-year degrees who are waiting tables because they can't find a job elsewhere. Well, I can't afford the school because you come out of school and so many kids are racked with a ton of mm -hmm. student debt. It used to be that about maybe 10% of retirees, or no, I'm sorry, less than 2% of retirees still had student debt. And now it's almost, uh, the, the stat I saw was almost 20% of retirees still have student loans that, on to, they're still paying for it, retire. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I worked for an eye doctor for a little while and found out one of the ladies working with him, who's also an eye doctor, she's an optometrist, um, she told me her student loan debt was $1,500 a month. I'm like, that's a house payment, you know? <laughs> <laughs> two or three car payments, you know, depending on what kind of car you got, you know. Totally. That's, and it's for 25 years. I mean, that's a ton of money. And, you know, I understand that sometimes you have to do that because with specialty fields like that, you can't really work and go to school because you're, you're consumed. Right. But there's got to be a better way for some people to not have to do that, you know. Well, and that's the point, you know, I wrote the book Blue Collar Gold basically says that there's a gold mine in blue collar work and there is a lot of money in this and, and it's amazing what happens. I, I work with very wealthy roofers, very wealthy electricians, very extremely wealthy carpet cleaners and those, uh, you know, and I'm in the chimney world and so you know, one of my stats in the book at the time when I wrote it was 2000, the stat was from 2013, but I wrote the book in 2014 and 15, and it said that over 3 million unfilled blue collar jobs were available last year in 2013, yet 15 to 20 million unemployed Americans. So 
because they don't have the skills to do it, right? They didn't have the skills or the wills to do it. They weren't. We've been told not to do that work. You know, you don't want to have to do that. You know, we've been told don't do that work because it's not good for us. You're not using your brain. And, and that's not right. One, they're available. Two, you get paid very well. And my book was, okay, learn a skill, learn a trade, and then learn the business side of it to be able to manage others to do the work. And so that, yeah, I don't want you to have to bust your, you know, back, break your back until you're 75 years old. That's not the thing. But learning a skill and a trade and then being able to manage people to deliver that trade to consumers is not going anywhere. There's always going to be people that have, you have to have people show up at people's door to do some work, electrical, plumbing, drywall. That's not going away. That's not going on the internet. Uh, that has, you know, that's not going over to China. You have to have somebody show up at the door and do work. And because of that, you know, many times we, you know, people, we give them a price to do something they're like, my gosh, that's more expensive than a lawyers or doctors. I'm like, that's right. But the lawyer and doctor didn't come to your house and risk his life or have to show up with a workshop out front. That's $50,000 worth of right. equipment at your door. You went to them. So, you know, and there's that stigma that, but man, when you need work done, you you have to be willing to pay for it. And, and there's a ton of work out there. Yeah. And I agree. Uh, we just moved into a house and, um, they had the previous owners because it was foreclosed on had taken all the light fixtures and mirrors. And just last week we finally, <laughs> I feel like my house is complete now <laughs> lights and fixtures. And I wanted somebody who knew what they were dealing, you right. know, and I tried somebody and she didn't come back, didn't come back. And there was the other thing, you know, if you want to be an expert, you've also got to be an expert in customer service. You need well, to call people back. And you need to show up. <laughs> you know, if you will just do those things, you'll have all the work you want. Right. You know, right. If you'll just show up, answer your phone, show up, do what you said you do, the way you said you do it, you will have a ton of work. Now, that's not really a problem in the blue collar work. You can, anybody work doing almost any kind of work can quickly be too busy. That's right. not the hard part. The hard part is then what do you do when you're too busy and how do you turn it into a real business? Right. That's, that's where the, the book came from because the transition in my, in my field there's about 4,000 chimney companies in the u.s mm -hmm. yet about 3,800 of them are one to two man operations so they're very small we i have over 40 people that work for me so i'm i'm, I'm the number two chimney company in the united states as far as size and gross uh, volume so I, I know something that's different than everybody else knows. I know how to do this with this industry. So, you know, for your listeners out there, you know, that are trying to understand, you know, if they're going to write a book, one, make, you know, are you an expert? If you're not an expert, you know, one of the fastest ways to become an, a true expert is our friend Larry Wingett says is you need to have at least read a hundred books on your topic, right? That's mm -hmm. what he says. Now, in my case, there wasn't a hundred books on chimneys, but there are a hundred books on marketing, self-development, leadership, finance. I can read, you know. Right, because there's always that business side of it that's so important that you don't, there isn't a whole lot of training for, it. I mean, even for, for, like I said, physicians. Oh my Lord, I wish physicians had a business training. There's too <laughs> many of them I've heard of and worked for that we're all over the place and mm -hmm. I'm like organization Nazi, you know, <laughs> so, yeah. But, but yeah, but if you train yourself, if you teach yourself through what others have done, 
then you are able to get that to that expert status and grow your business. And Mark does something that Mark explained what you do offer a course to help people who are in blue collar that help them with their business to get it to that next level. Sure. Thank you. Uh, what happened a long time, uh, about five or six years ago, when we really started getting some traction and the industry started paying attention to what we were doing, that we were doing things very differently. They started hearing, you know, that our growth was, you know, pretty rapid and things were, you know, going in a, a way that most industry hadn't seen. People wanted to come see the business, right? They, they wanted to come see it. And at first it was just my friends like, Hey, I want to see what's going on over there. So sure. I bring them in. And then all of a sudden it was people I didn't know want to see that. I want to be open. I want to be transparent. I want to help people. I really enjoy that. So I started bringing people in and I would just sit down with them for two days and show them everything about what we did. And then pretty soon I realized they need help with theirs and just showing them what I did was a little bit helpful, but diving into whatever was making them stuck was also very helpful for them. So then it started taking up a lot of time. So I created a course uh, called, well, they started, they called it Mark Stoner University and he goes to Mark Stoner University because he can show you how to do it. Well, I changed it to once I wrote the book, Blue Collar Gold, and I was on the TV show, Blue Collar Millionaires, I named the, the program Blue Collar Gold University. So we bring people in for two days. One day, it's really unique because you get to see an operating business and you get to mm-hmm. see me still run it as a business owner. So, that, you know, I still deal with, the, you know, any issues and things so they can see that. But they come in and see me run the business for a full day. And the second day, I work with them on their business. Uh, and we, we, by the time they leave here, they have a five-year game plan of all the things they need to do. People they need to hire uh, purchases they need to make, they need to move into new buildings, equipment, capital they need to do, and benchmarks the whole way through gross margin benchmarks and percentages to then move to the next level. And I, I take care, you know, we have everybody in here from film companies to commercial contractors, chimney companies, I've had pest, com- pest control companies, bat removal companies, firewood companies. So, you know, probably, you know, all types of services, um, can benefit from really working with somebody who's maybe ahead of you in business and can look at your business objectively. And then the best thing is I give you a five-year game plan of what to do immediately, you know, for the rest of this year, next year. And it's an organizational chart. We build it all out so you can see what the company should look like in about five years. And it's your plan. It's not the plan that I've got in a box that you've got to do. We, we look at what's realistic. Pop-up mark box, right? Yeah, boom, <laughs> pop-up business. All you got to do is hit the button and you've got it. Now, it's also building the business that they want because right. what I want is very different than what you want. So let's figure out what you want. I'll apply what I know and let's see if we can come out of here with a plan for your business. That's great. What a great idea. Now, do you um, plan to have that or is a lot of that concept in Blue Collar Gold as well that you talk about? So all the concepts that I, I go through are in my book. And in the book, I basically, you know, if anybody's thinking about writing a book, I can tell you how I wrote my how-to book, which was I basically wrote a preface, about 500 words of, of kind of everything I wanted to talk about in, the, in you know, in my book. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, I then broke that out into about 10 to 12 different uh, topics. Mm-hmm. Each topic 
you know, I would then break that out into about three different stories that I wanted to tell that either that happened to me or people I knew, or other businesses, or even things I'd read about. Right. And I brought up those those topics for each chapter, and at the end of the chapter, a summary of basically how to use that information and what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's great. So most people can read that, and if they would apply that to their business, that's basically what I do. But it's very different when you talk to somebody in real life. Yes, definitely. I kind of force them into some accountability. You know, it's one thing to read. You you can't. Well, sometimes you have, well, they finish the book, but also uh, there's an energy too when you're with someone one-on-one and in a live situation and you can get that information. So that that energy is a very good point. You're right. You kind of get excited when you work with somebody that really knows what you're doing. But there's a lot of people that got excited about reading the book and they, and they, they really, I've got an email from it yesterday. A guy said, your book has been the blueprint for how I'm doing this. Thank you so much for doing it. That kind of thing. That, and, isn't that great? I mean, that's a lot of people. I, when I go through the first session with my clients, when my, I call it my strategy session with them, I ask them, you know, what do you want out of this book for you? What would make it wonderful for you? What's the best part of it? And so many of them say, I want to help people. I yeah. want to help people. And when you get an email like that, does that not just bolster you? You just like, Ooh, I'm so glad I did that. It does. And that's a great point because I think most people don't go into it and say, I'm going to write a book to make millions of dollars. Most people write a book to, cause they think they can help people and they think that their story, there's something in what they've gone through that if I can just get this out there, then maybe other people won't have to go through it or when they experience the experience that they know that there's a light at the other end of the tunnel and kind of that was my book there's a light at the other end of the tunnel there's try to avoid these problems you know I'll put those in there and then here's the light at the other end of the tunnel now you never really can stop people from going through problems because that's just what business is it's learning how to deal with problems getting good at it and then you only get new problems in business you never get to a point where there's no problems you just get to the point where there's different problems. Right. And once you can fix these problems down here, if your business is, say, a $1 million business, you get a whole different type of problems at $2 million, mm-hmm. and at $4 million, and at $10 million, and at $20 million. So there's different problems and different ways to handle them. So that's really what the, these books are for, is just to show you that, uh, you know, one, think bigger. Two, your problems are probably not different than anybody else's. There's probably people who have gone through what you're going through or worse and being been successful. Yeah. So how did this book help your business and, and did it help you um, with your status as being an expert versus if you had never written it? That's a, that's a great question. I didn't write it to, I did write it because it was almost like an assignment. If you're going to be a speaker, you need to write a book. Great. I'll write it. But then when I started to show it in my industry, and, uh, you know, we, I did, I would do uh, professional speaking gigs where the, the uh, association would buy all the books for everybody in the audience. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's where it starts to get out of the, out of the shell. And it's, people start reading it and applying it. And then you get this wonderful feedback, or then you become the person who wrote a book that really helped them. And then they recommend it. And one of the things that started happening was it started going into other countries. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting. I got a call from from India, 
and that uh, this Indian ma management magazine really liked this one chapter I wrote on setting your course, setting your GPS of where you're going to go. And then they sent a thing back, said, hey, we like this. Can we republish one of your chapters? And I'm like, well, of course. I, I didn't even know what the chapter was. I'm like, let me read pages 31 through 39. What's that? I thought, yeah. <laughs> So then all of a sudden I start getting book sales in India of people who it, it really mattered to them and all over the country, all over uh, Europe, I, some business people picked up on my book and, you know, um, of course it helps your, if you write a good book that helps people, you will be elevated to a different, a level that I don't know, other than TV, writing a book is one of those things that can really put you on the map and, and also the funny thing about it is if you're a true expert, it changes your income too, right? People will pay more to listen to you. They'll buy your book. They want you on television shows. They want to, you know, quote you in articles. And then all that helps with whatever you're doing. That kind of credibility, you can't buy it. You have to do a good job and then it's kind of bestowed on you. Right, right. But on the TV show that we did, uh, you know, I had already written the book by the time the TV show was going to go on, and they're like, great, we'd like to highlight that. So when the book, when I talked about writing a book on the TV show, then uh, like in about four days, that's when my book became bestseller on Amazon because... <laughs> that like, helps, doesn't it? <laughs> when yeah. you have a couple million viewers checking you out. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of helps, yeah. <laughs> but um, that... that I think, and I know a lot of my friends that I've, I've said, hey, you've got a story, you need to write a book. And no matter what, it, no matter what level of success you have with that book, I think writing a book helps you even with your own message. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And it, it also gives you that clarity with your business too, I think, because every time I write a book, you know, the subject, I become more clear about it. I understand it in a different way because you know, just like when you have to teach something, writing is teaching. Yeah. You know? And when you have to teach something, you look at it differently than if you're just sitting there consuming it, you know, mm -hmm. and so it's a different aspect. And so you, you, cause you want to be able to present it in a way that people can consume it. And so like you said, you use the power of story in yours, which is great. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, journaling, right? And, and it's where you are today. It's where you are now. And I'm getting ready to start my next book. I've already been working on, you know, topics and chat and things that I want to write about on my next book. And so I'm getting ready to sit down and start putting that together. I know there's a lot of different ways to either just talk about it and have somebody else transcribe it or you actually write it. There's a million different ways to get the book out there. But oh, yeah. the thing is to have something that's, that's captivating. I think stories, you know, teaching through stories, one of the most captivating, if you can be humorous, in your stories, even if it's a terrible subject. You know, I remember going through one of these courses and one of the people had to deal with uh, teen suicide was one of their, was one of their, they were a counselor, I believe. But there are actually funny things in some of the worst situations. If you can bring some of that levity to a sad situation, it gives you more credibility for one. It makes it entertaining. You know, you need to do, be able to deliver bad news, but right. if can deliver it in a way that's that brings people up you know that, that right. yeah, you can take them down in the book or the story but you have to be able to bring them back up you can't can't leave it down right no or no, they won't stay for too long yeah so but definitely so how did writing a book 
change your business model as far as before the book you, you, you so you had blue collar university it was called something else before mm -hmm. the book mark stoney university yeah <laughs> Well, some people call it, never mind. I'm going to go to the Stoner University. <laughs> yeah. Stoner University is different. <laughs> Stoner University is where a lot of kids go. <laughs> they already graduated from there. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um, but how did that help? Because, you know, the having the book, and you just think of your business before and after, now the way you approach things and just things that you do in your business, how is it different? Uh, one of the things that tells your story, you know, and when I get new employees in, a lot of my employees, one of the first things they do is read the book. They read the book about the business. Mm -hmm. uh, it also kind of exposes you in a way that, you know, if you're transparent, it gives you, I find more people, uh, I felt like a trust factor come out because one of the ways people talk about me in the industry and in, in my business is they talk about my failures because I was pretty I was pretty public about them and there's that's you know really actually good for you when you when you aren't trying to right. up what you've messed up or when you're trying to you know be something that you're not when you can be really transparent people trust you so much more than you know there's a book I, I read recently called permission to screw up are you familiar with that book no but it sounds like a great one Kristen Hadid, she wrote a book, she started, it's very similar to my book, and we do not know each other, in fact, I reached out to her after I read it, but she, um, it's this maid, you know, she had a company as a maid, she was a, it's called Student Maid, and she, you know, cleaned dorm rooms and everything, and she started to write the book about how, how she'd done all these things, and how they had worked, but she backed up, and she's like, now, I'm going to tell you how everything didn't work, and what, and that, to me, was more important and how it changed my business was, again, business is all trust and credibility. And when you when you can open yourself up to that and be very uh, transparent, right? That's good for business across the board. Be with your with your employees, you know, and they know that you're a real guy, and they know what you've gone through. And so when they're experiencing the real high points of a, what when business is good, they don't take it for granted. They know, hey, it came from this. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the other day, one of my, no, I'm sorry, not the other day, this morning, one of my guys was talking, you know, they had read my book, but then the other day, they, uh, yesterday, they worked with a customer who knew me when I just started the business <laughs> and he was, he was a banker and he could remember, I would go to the bank and I would have just enough. I needed to get this money in for the deposit. So my checks wouldn't bounce. And I, I was like, hey, this is it now. <laughs> I, can you get this in today or I'm going to bounce checks? Who's what counter still open? You know, I was that I was that tight. And I was just but my guys really like that. The banker still remembers that story because we're a much bigger, successful business now. And for me, it keeps it real, you know, it keeps, yeah. you know, you know it wasn't that long ago. You, yeah, you weren't always sunshine and roses and things just went perfectly and you had money flowing in, you know. Well, nobody wants to read that book anyway, right? <laughs> no. that, book, that book is not interesting. The no. book that's interesting is, is going through the real crap and what you did to get through it. That's the interesting book that people can identify with. Nobody exactly. wants to Hey, you know, everything I do turns to gold. That's <laughs> that <laughs> not yeah. right. Exactly. And, and that, I mean, I, I totally relate to that because it took me four years to write my first book, which is that behind me. But, but nice. that, 
on the podcast, I'm more video um, recording this as well. And so Mark and I can see each other, but unfortunately you can't see us right now. So, but it took me four years to write my first book. And there was a lot of ups and downs and procrastination and waiting. And so I didn't know what to do. And I didn't have a writing coach to help me. And I didn't know really where to look. And I did find some along the way that helped me, but there was a lot of stops and starts, you know, to get yeah. to here and where I'm actually now helping people do what I couldn't do. And I'm trying to make the process simpler for them, you know, because I did a lot of beating head against the wall, like, oh my Lord, what do I do next? You know? right. <laughs> and so I get that, that helping them and not let them know. Right. You know, exactly. It was, it's not easy. It wasn't easy, but I'm making it easier. It's still hard for some of my clients because you got to, you know, kind of dig in sometimes and really think, where do I really want to go with this book? And I think the deadline not. too is important on a book. Like oh, yeah. I could start writing it, but in my case, in the course I went through, there was a deadline and the deadline had a penalty to it. And it was a it was a money penalty that was uh, you know I was going to lose three thousand dollars if I didn't get this book written by a certain date, and and that was to me that really helped me do it. If I just had to write a book in the ether and it could happen, it could be done anytime. For me myself as a busy business person, I could always have excuses why not to write. I do not like to write. I remember sitting on my couch. And knew that I had to complete 500 words that day, you know, or, or you know, I had to get this chapter done. Mm. And I'm like, I hate this. I don't want to do it. But I'm so glad I did. It's like working out or do anything else you don't want to do. Right. You procrastinate it, but then you get to it. <laughs> set, it set it with some kind of easy number of words or a, what you've got to complete for the day or for the week and stick to it and, and uh, it pays off in spades. You know, the next thing to do is what to do with the book after you write it. But you know, right. first thing is getting it done. Right, exactly. And that's what I tell people too. Now you, I had something similar to get this book done. Mm -hmm. I had a business coach that I had a call with and she practically dared me to finish the book and start sending it out to people because it's a devotional. And she said, send it out. And I'm like, I had like maybe three or four weeks sort of written. They weren't like pretty. They were just written. And um, my heart went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, do yeah. what? Yeah. And so I said, okay, I will get six weeks ahead because it's a 12-week study. I'll get six weeks ahead. Then I'll start sending it out. That way I had some cushion room. If I got behind, yeah, that's a good idea. I could catch up. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did, but there was towards the end because Joyce is queen of procrastination. I was writing week eight when they were reading week, week seven, you know, and I was writing week nine when they were, or whatever, 10, when they were reading 10, I was writing um, yeah. the next one, you know, it was those last three weeks. It was like, I was right there, right behind them. And it, it is, it's that push and you may need that push. Some kind of, you know, mental okay <laughs> I got to do this to get it done and push yourself through because what I call there's also the messy middle where you're at that stage where oh my lord am I ever going to get this done or am, am, am what am I doing is anybody really going to read it because how many times did you ask that if uh, well I was told nobody would read it anyway 
like what we do is it's like the majority of people don't have a hundred books that anybody buys and most people won't read it. So you're just doing it as an exercise that you need to do it and that you almost have it as a, a, a you know, business card. And if somebody reads it, great. Well, in my case and in your case, it sounds like they really did read it. A lot of people read it and you're right about the anxiety of putting out your story out there now because you can't do anything about it. It goes and now you get exposed and people like I've had some book reviews on the book and then it's sold on Amazon and people can say negative things that they want. And this one guy said, I didn't get much out of it, you know, and he gives me like three stars and you know, it, did he we, read any of it? <laughs> well, it, it's hard to say, but you know, we do critics math too. Like if you're on there, I have, tons of good reviews and tons of people said this. And then the one guy that says something negative, we give him more weight for some reason than all those people that said something positive. Right. There's 50 people that said how wonderful yeah. it is. And one says it's crap and you, and you sit there and focus on the one. Yeah. Going, focus on that guy. And I, I, I learned not to do that because right. once you put something out there in the public, of course, people aren't going to, everybody's not going to love it and that's okay. Right. And it's totally actually expected. You can't know, you know, you, the best movie out there ever has people that didn't like it. The best book out there ever has people mm -hmm. that disagree with it or don't like it. So to think that that's not going to be happening is not. Yeah. Cause that can be a very subjective thing. If it's not their thing, I mean, like I'm not a star Wars sci-fi kind of person. I could care less, but there's probably some star Wars people would probably beat me over the head, you know, right. It's yeah. the best. It's the best, you know. And I'm like, whatever. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm more of a. It's got to be a little bit more in the real world. There can be some fantasy to it, but I don't want it too far out there, you know. Yeah, but I mean that's and that's you and and right. So if you know if you got your writers are listening, I think you hit on it, Joyce, which was you need something that's going to push you. You had a situation where you made a commitment that forced you to get this thing done. I had a commitment that forced me to get it done. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a procrastinator, but everybody procrastinates at some things. There's right. nobody that doesn't procrastinate. Nobody, you can't not procrastinate on some things. Cause right, because you can't get to everything all the time. You can't get to everything. So how important is this book to you? And then put some kind of deadline on it. And one quick example, my, my wife um, had wanted to ride a, a 100 mile bike ride around Lake Tahoe for cancer. Mm -hmm. She hadn't ridden a bike since she was a little girl and had a basket on the front. Next thing <laughs> you know, she's going to ride 100 miles around Lake Tahoe. That's mountainous and hard and cold. Well, she went ahead and committed to this, this bike ride. And, and, you know, every week they had these, you know, practices and all these things. And to get her ready for this 100 miles, and she had to do it. She was committed. And, and that forced her into getting into shape and then doing it. And then she got out there and the day she gets out there doing it, it starts to sleet. Now my wife does not like cold. And this is June 6th and it's sleeting in, in uh, June. Oh my yeah. goodness. I didn't realize 3,000 people entered this bike race, a thousand quit before they started and out on the course, hundreds of them were quitting and jumping in the vans and going back. And she actually pulled over to quit. Every time a van came by, it was full of people who had quit. And she couldn't get on the bus and she was getting colder and colder. And she was like 65 miles into it. And she's like, heck with it. I'm just going to get back on the bike and finish it. And she did. You know, she had that pressure and she's super proud of herself. But my, the point for the listeners is you got to put something out there that's going right. to you. 
uh, either you know another mentor, uh, some kind of deadline, put a financial stake out there at it. A friend of mine uses this as a as a way to motivate him. If um, if he doesn't do something, his company has or they um, they will donate a certain amount of money to charities that he hates, that he doesn't agree with. So, or the causes that he doesn't agree with. So if you don't do this, we're going to give money to a cause that you don't agree with. Uh, you know what I mean? It's got, got kind of a little twist on the thing. So, um, so somebody's getting something, but it may not be who he wants it to be. It's definitely not who he wants. And by you not doing it, you're benefiting them. How, do, how does that feel? You know, right. it's kind right. of a funny twist on it. And they do it. I mean, they, they send these donations to, you know, an organization that he totally disagrees with, you know. That is so funny. That, I love that. I love that. Well, that is a great point, And I appreciate it, Mark. Uh, now, like you've said, you hated writing, but you're writing your next book, which I'm proud of you. So what's, what is your um, motivation this time to finish? Have you figured out one? Well, you know, it's a good point. I don't. Now, I had, I've got a personal assistant that helps me with the blue collar stuff. And she cracks that whip. She does that. Where, how far are you on your book? Where'd you get done? Then we have a deadline. And um, I don't have that big financial commitment, that $3,000 I would lose. But now that I know how to write a book, it's not so daunting. Right. Um, I'm in the chimney business, so we're just coming out of our business season. So basically, I'm going to take a few months over the spring and summer and get that knocked out. And um, I've been, the whole time since I wrote the last book, I started making topics of what I wanted to cover in the next book. Mm -hmm. so I have a couple of years worth of topics and stories and, and things that happened to us that right. I want to yeah. make it in this book. So, you know, I've, just, I've been building the, the skeleton of it for quite a long time, and I'm ready to, you know, kind of put yeah. it all down. Well, can you give us a sneak peek on the topic? What's, what's it going to be about this time? Yeah, so um, one of the, you know, through Blue Collar University, one of the biggest things that is really common through the people who come through and the problems they have are almost all they boil down to leadership, mm -hmm. lack of leadership, poor leadership, and almost all of my problems in business when my, I crashed my business were due to me being a poor leader. So this next book is about basically leading blue leadership, blue collar leadership. I'll, I won't give the whole t title because it's not totally finished yet. Because I need to have a good one like blue collar gold, how to build a service business from the dirt up. I don't have that done yet, but I do know that it's about the lessons I've learned in leadership and what people of any profession and even leadership in your in your home life and leadership in your church and those kind of things. How needed that is in our society and. Yeah. A lot of our problems in today's world are due to lack of leadership and what it's like to also follow a good leader, right? So mm -hmm. there's a comfort in being with a great leader uh, that makes your life better. You can be the leader or be good at following the leader. And uh, I think those are important lessons uh, that people need to, that I might be able to shed some light on and hopefully. Yeah, help. that'd be great. That'd be great. We look forward to it. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, do you have one more word of encouragement for those who are writing a book for the first time? Well, um, one, it's easier than you think, I think. Um, you know, do a little bit of work every day on it, uh, or at least every week on it, have some kind of deadline. And then once you do write the book, try to get it into as many people's hands as you can. Try to speak at events. 
uh, give, you know, have some kind of deal with the books so that they, you know, if they, instead of paying you, they, you know, they buy some books or a combination of the two. I mean, don't do it. Don't give all your books away for free either. Right. A lot of people just give them away free. Now, if you're speaking and you need to hand out a book, and you're an expert, that's one thing, but you know, I would, it is a business. It is an expense. Uh, treat it as such and value your own books so that other people do, you know, and right. uh, that's probably my best advice is get it done, man. Go for it. Get it, get it out there. Get her done. Get her done. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. Well, thank you, Mark. And we look forward to seeing when your book comes out and in the show notes, I will put the link to your website and yeah. to the blue collar university. So if there's anybody interested in that, they can find out more. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you for the invite and, and good luck with your show. I think it's a great topic and I hope a lot of people get a lot of help from it. Thank you. I appreciate it. You have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on The Right Hour, nonfiction tips from The Right Coach. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and listen on your favorite app each week. Leave a review and let others know how they can learn about the craft and business of writing. Remember, it's time to write your book. <music>